salutations, peace, and blessings. You are listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I am your host, the Kamish, and we are kicking off week seven of the NFL schedule. I witnessed the game between the Giants and the Eagles this evening at Lincoln Financial, and it was a great game. I, I, gotta, I gotta admit, I, I didn't want to start this podcast too soon without watching the rest of this game. Usually I start right around the time things start to end, but this came down to the wire. It came down to the last minute of football. And for all you Giants fans, it's back to the drawing board. Another close game that should have been won, but lost. And for those that witnessed the game against Dallas and now seeing this game and even watching the game last week against Washington, these are relatively close games that the Giants should be winning. And I must admit, these giant, this Giants team has decided upon themselves to play better football week in, week out. Lost another close one. I have to, you know, tip my hat off to the Philadelphia Eagles for playing an outstanding game. And, you know, this, this game was at one point at halftime, 10-7 in favor of the Eagles. And then the Giants scored two touchdowns that put them up 21-10. And before long, the Eagles realized that they had to play catch-up in order to find a chance to win. And and, and let me just say this about Carson Wentz, because there's been a lot of gripe about behind if Carson Wentz is worth the money he's getting paid. Let me be the first, if I'm not the first already, let me be the first to say that for what Carson Wentz is getting paid, and on a team that he's on right now, where they find ways to win the game and lose the game, tonight's struggle really showed how much he cared about winning this game. He knew how important this game was for that team, the organization, for at least give him a shot at being first in the division. And they know, as well as everybody else, this is going to be a season where everybody has an opportunity to win. And right now, the Eagles are sitting pretty in first place with their win against the Giants, 22-21. Carson Wentz put on a hell of a show, threw for 359 yards, two touchdowns, the winning touchdown coming within a minute of the game. I I picked Philly to win the division. And and I I don't stress this so much, but I, I picked Philly in large part because of Carson Wentz and what the offense can do when healthy. When you have everybody on the field ready to play. And right now, not everybody in that team is healthy. For those that watched the game, we saw Deshaun Jackson leave in a game which could be a possible torn ACL. We hope not. We hope that he's doing that he'll do fine. He'll just miss a few weeks of football. But this team is just decimated with injuries. Everybody's dropping life flies. And the one constant remainder seems to be. Carson Wentz and the argument was if you know Carson Wentz was worth the money he's getting paid to be in the position he is right now of course he is for what this Eagles organization has in front of them and the game plan that they have set for the Eagles you can't help but think that this is a situation where we have to play our best football because If we don't play our best football before long, even though the whole uh, division is struggling, we'll be looking from the ground up trying to find a way to at least keep things relatively close. 
And for a Philadelphia Eagle team that pretty much has the most talented team in the division right now, it really does come down to who gets healthy early enough to be able to contribute in a chance to win football games. And, you know, they, they've had some horrible games. But it's, it's the fact that everybody in that division has had horrible games. So it's hard to really single out Philadelphia for what they've been through when you see the same thing with the Giants and Dallas this past Monday night and even Washington. And for what Philly has, right now they have the best talent on their team. Be it hurt, they still have the most talented team in the division. And this is the reason why I picked Philadelphia to win this division because as nasty as this division's going to be and as nasty as these games are going to look, we know when it's crunch time that we can rely on Carson Wentz to go out there and produce when necessary. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and really root for Philly because I'm not a Philly fan considering that I love Washington. But we have to call a spade a spade and give credit where credit is due. And for right now, Philly is the team that moving forward has the best chance when everyone's healthy to advance in that division. So hats off again to Philadelphia and the Eagles in that win. It was a good game. I didn't want to start anything until this game was over. So with that being said, week seven has officially started. We have Big Ten football looking us in the face this weekend. Big Ten football kicks off Sunday. I think there are a number of people that may be listening to this podcast that can say we are ecstatic to see Big uh, Big Ten football back and ready to roll. And for all those locals uh, within the tri-state area, you know, I got to give a big shout out to Rutgers University. I'm, I'm really rooting for Rutgers big time. Rutgers has been the doormat of the Big Ten since they have been uh, in, in initiated, if that's the word, if, since they've been uh, eligible to be part and take part in Big Ten football. And right now, it's still an initiation for this team. They can't seem to win any games they've been through a number of coaches to this point and they get back coach greg shiano who is very familiar with this team very familiar with the organization very familiar with the institution and i think the impact that he'll bring to this football team will speak volumes down the road it maybe this season is too soon to predict for this Rutgers team but i want to give Rutgers at least three seasons if Shiano's around for three seasons, I don't know what his schedule is. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't know what his contract is like. But it's the fact that they really need at least three years to construct the team that comes as close as the team he had back in 06, 07. And I got to believe if he can come close to that, you're going to see Rutgers as one of the powerhouses in the Big Ten again. And, you know, we, we want to wish Rutgers the best. We want to wish Rutgers football all the best. They go to Michigan State uh, this Saturday to play. And, you know, it, it's like anything else in college football. You want them safe. You want them healthy. You know, we, we hope and pray that everybody is relatively safe throughout the season. They were hesitant about playing this season in large part because of the coronavirus. And I don't blame them. And, and, and for the Big Ten to play 
in the midst of what they thought that they shouldn't do, really says a lot about where this conference stands with regards to what fans feel, what alumni might feel, and a number of uh, uh, people just within those states that want to see Big Ten football kick off and you know, and this is where we are. This is this is exactly where many of us want to see college football, regardless of what other conferences decide not to take part. We've got the ACC going, SEC going. We got Big Ten and now Big Twelve and all that going on. This is what college football is all about. But I still want the players to be healthy. I still want that safety. Uh, protocol <clears throat> in effect, excuse me. And I want to see to it that what Big Ten brings to the table, that it will be reflected in the ratings. Uh, you know, it, it's still about health and safety first, but we still want to see good football. So, with that being said, wish Big Ten the best along with the other conferences. I want to go into the topics for this evening's discussion. Uh, it involves two players, uh, both of them being quarterbacks. But one quarterback is, dare I say, higher in discussion. Maybe maybe people want to hear more about this quarterback than the other. And it's in large part because for what Tua Tungavailoa brings to a football field, we want to characterize him as the same player that he was in Alabama. And for those out there that don't know who Tua Tungavailoa is, he is the quarterback, now the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. He comes from the University of Alabama, of which he is the national champion MVP of 2017. He is second team all SEC as of two, 2019. He was All-American 2018, Heisman finalist in 2018. And he was also the, Wal the Walter Camp and Maxwell Award winner. So he just missed out on the Heisman, which I believe he should have won. But this man has the credibility of being an outstanding quarterback. He was selected fifth overall in the 2020 NFL Draft. And there was some hesitation behind starting him week one of the season. And that was in large part because he had to heal due to an injury that he suffered against Mississippi State last season. And now we are in a position, we being the Miami Dolphins, to decide that for what Ryan Fitzpatrick has done with this team to this point has been enough and has been appreciated to now allow Tua Tungovailoa the opportunity to start for this team. I got to believe for the fans of Miami, it's bittersweet for what Ryan Fitzpatrick has done with this team. It's extraordinary. He's one of the older quarterbacks in the NFL. And he's helped bring this team to a 3-3 three and three record in the AFC East. And at this point, for what we saw of Fitzpatrick, I've given him two game balls 
thus far for the last six weeks, he has played outstanding games against the Jacksonville Jaguars and the San Francisco 49ers. And that game against San Francisco, they, they blew him out the field. They blew these guys completely off the field in San Francisco. So if, if anybody is a fan of Ryan Fitzpatrick, you're happy to see the success that he's building in Miami, which is why we're just as disappointed to see that he won't be starting anymore for Miami. And he made the quote yesterday or sometime today saying he was heartbroken and he should be heartbroken. He has done a lot for this organization in the last six weeks going into their bye week this week. And for Coach Brian Flores to come out and say, well, we want to start two, it says two things. One, this is who they really wanted to start since the beginning of the season. And two, they feel confident that whatever injuries, whatever issues he might have had going into this season are done. It's over with. He's ready to take control of what's supposed to be his football team. And what are you to say? What, what can anybody say at this point with the decision? Tua is excited. And for, for Ryan, he's excited to a degree because he probably knows, as we do, he probably had a lot left in the tank to take this team even further. And so we have to wonder if maybe the decision that Flores has made is a decision that's more of a knee-jerk reaction to say, well, we got to get this man out there right away because now we have a great shot, great shot of winning the division. And you look at the schedule for what they have left after week seven. They have the Rams. They have the Cardinals at Arizona. They have the Chargers. They have the Broncos at Denver. They've got the Jets at New York. They've got the Bengals before they play the Chiefs. So there's at least six games that they have in front of them where we're talking at least five wins. I give this I give this Miami Dolphins team five out of six wins with just those six games in front of them. The biggest struggle may be the Rams. But even for this Miami Dolphin team that shows that they can do just as well on defense as they have on offense, it really sets the precedent of what Tua can do to make this team that third dimensional team with the way he runs the ball, the way he passes the ball and what he can create in the pocket. This is why they're starting Tua Tungavailoa. Because of what he can create in the pocket that Ryan Fitzpatrick cannot. And as much as we want to give Ryan Fitzpatrick all the praise, because he deserves it, it's still the fact that we have a young Tua that is doing so well in practice. He's taking a number of snaps. We think that he's ready to go. And after this week seven bye, we're going to see him play against a number of teams that they can win. And they're smelling blood in the water because they're this close to perhaps completing the division with owning the crown. This could be the monumental time. This could be the moment for this team to move forward with Tua Tungavailoa against the Rams, at the Cardinals, against the Chargers at Broncos, at Jets, at Big. These are games he could win. And I've got these guys 
winning the next five games. They win the next five games out of six. This puts them at eight and four going into the last four weeks of the schedule. Then it gets interesting because then we have the Chiefs and then we have the Patriots. Then we have the Raiders at Las Vegas and then the Bills at Buffalo. So they still have two division games left after the Bengals. And then they got two teams against the AFC West. That could be some tough, t- this tough games. And they want Tua back there to give this team an opportunity to win. So who can blame them? Got to start Tua. We, 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 we love Ryan Fitzpatrick, but we think Tua is going to bring a lot of that energy that he had in Alabama to move this team forward to perhaps clinching the division. Who can blame him? So says the commission. I want to talk a little bit about um, Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, for some reason, you there there isn't a week, especially now in football, where we're not talking about the Browns for some reason. And I think we're all stymied by what the Browns have done to this point. And for some, we are... We're excited, man. We we finally see this team in a position where they have a winning record. They were 4-1 going to this game against Pittsburgh, which is the first time they've been 4-1 since 1994. And everybody thinks the world of the Browns because we have to believe the Browns have the best chance of going to the playoffs this season. One problem. They played a Pittsburgh team that figured out Baker Mayfield from the door, and Baker Mayfield stunk. But it's more so the fact that for any good team, any great team that you put in front of the Browns, this is what you're going to see. You're going to see how the Browns are exposed. They become transparent. You know where to put your pieces in play on defense to try to stifle Baker Mayfield in the pocket. That's exactly what they did. And so Baker Mayfield still gets the heat, even though this team loses, putting up seven points, which I don't, you know, I don't blame. But now it's the question of if Baker Mayfield is the answer for the Browns. Well, let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Nobody may agree to what I have to say, but Baker Mayfield, you rock out, brother. You go out there, you do your job. Just manage the ball. I've got four things that Baker Mayfield needs to do to maintain his position, the starting quarterback with the Browns. And I don't know offhand if the coach has made a decision to start Case Keenum. I hope not. But this one game should not be indicative of the other games to come. And I don't have the rest of the schedule for the Browns. But there's four points that need to be expressed regarding what Baker Mayfield needs to do to stay alive on that team and perhaps to even get them in the chance to play in the playoffs. The one thing he has to realize is that he needs to be more mature when handling the negativity that comes his way. When the criticism comes down on you, bro, you got to be able to just maintain your poise, maintain your composure. Don't freak out every time someone says you can't play. I mean, of course, he gives a damn what people think. Because he wouldn't be this reactive over something if he didn't feel as though he really cared what everybody else felt about his game. He knows his game was atrocious against 
the Pittsburgh Steelers. He knows his game was atrocious against the Baltimore Ravens. He has to improve, plain and simple. And you start to improve by showing more maturity. And now he has to adjust to his new coach, Coach Stefanski. Coach Stefanski has to find plays that works for Baker Mayfield. And because the two of them are brand new together, this is where Stefanski has to make things work for Baker Mayfield. Perhaps Odell Beckham is not going to get the majority of those passes. Perhaps uh, Jarvis Landry won't get the majority of those passes. But if it means having to get the running game reestablished, and if it means having for Baker Mayfield to create in the pocket, this is what he was selected for first overall in the draft a few years ago. This is how to utilize Baker Mayfield to make this team a much better team you have to build up his self-confidence you gotta at least pat this man on the back and say we got your back baker no matter what happens in this organization no matter what happens this year we got your back we got to build up that confidence for baker mayfield and he must learn how to protect the football that is football 101 no matter who it is he has to find a way to better protect the football if anything about this Cleveland Brown team, I'll say this much. If everybody is so quick to be on uh, Baker Mayfield's bad side, if everybody wants to criticize him for his bad games, then w what I would say to that is you guys are the biggest hypocrites because when Hugh Jackson felt as though he wasn't ready to take on this spotlight, Everybody thought that Hugh Jackson didn't have a clue as to what he was talking about. And look, look at you now. He loses his job for doing what he knew that Baker Mayfield was not ready for. And it shows now. You put him out there because he's the first overall pick in the draft. But we know he's still not ready to be a starting quarterback. He still needs time to improve his game. This, this man, regardless of height. He still has to find a way to manage the game. And it's a, it's it's just, it's unfortunate that we come down so hard on these quarterbacks, be it Baker Mayfield, be it Carson Wentz, because these are still young quarterbacks that are developing on teams that are not consistently ready to play these games. Whether it be injury, be it inexperienced, be it untalented, these quarterbacks have to perform miracles. And even for a team like the Cleveland Browns, they are placed in a position where they are on the toughest, the second toughest division in the NFL, in the AFC North. So it's basically, excuse me, it's basically win or bust at this point. Because if you can't win the game, chances are you're not going to make the playoffs. And this is where we are with the Browns. So the Browns have the work cut out for them. Baker Mayfield has his work cut out for him. And regardless of where he is of the starting quarterbacks in the league, we still have to find a way to at least get him to manage the football. We manage the football, we've got a good chance to win more games. So says the commission. Don't have much time left. Time goes fast. We're on this mic, but I want to go down the list of games for week seven of the NFL schedule. And I want to start by talking about the Detroit game at Atlanta. Detroit is going to try to go for two straight. They won against Jacksonville at Jacksonville, and they're going against an Atlanta team that I won't say is red hot, but they've won their first game of the season with a new coach, Raheem Morris. 
I got to believe with them playing at home, they've got a good chance of beating a Detroit team in spite of what they've done last week. Give me Atlanta at home, Cleveland at Cincinnati. Now, here we go again with Cleveland being in the limelight again against Cincinnati. I think Baker Mayfield is going to have a coming out party, of course, because they're playing against Cincinnati. Give me Cleveland against Cincinnati. Pittsburgh at Tennessee, one of the top games of the week. Pittsburgh goes to Tennessee to play against a red-hot Tennessee team that puts up 40 points practically every game. Excuse me. The Steelers have taken a hit on defense, and they are going to look to see if they can neutralize Derrick Henry, which I don't think they can do. I think Derrick Henry will get his runs. He'll get his carries. It'll be a close game, but give me Tennessee against Pittsburgh to give Pittsburgh their first loss of the season. Carolina at New Orleans. We've got a divisional game between the Panthers and the Saints. New Orleans coming off a bye week. We believe Michael Thomas is going to be ready to play if he's in the line, if he's in the lineup. I like to see the Saints win against Carolina that's struggling on defense. Buffalo at the Jets. Now, this is a, what they call a no-brainer, people. Give me Buffalo all day against the Jets. Dallas at Washington. Washington needs to win big. I mean, they've pretty much been getting their butts kicked every Sunday. And they, they lost a close one against the Giants. But the way Dallas is playing right now, this is the golden opportunity for Washington to get a W against a Dallas team that is really struggling, coming off a short week. Give me Washington at Washington. Green Bay at Houston. Aaron Rodgers has to rebound from the game he had, pitiful game he had against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Give me Green Bay against Houston. Tampa Bay at Las Vegas. Tampa Bay at Las Vegas. Let me just tell you this much. I like both games. I mean, I'm excuse me, I like both teams. I like both teams, what they bring to the to the field every week. Because the Raiders team is nothing to sneeze at right now. They're playing good football. Second in the division behind the Chiefs, of course. And you got Tampa Bay top of the division. And for what that Tampa Bay defense brings to the table, I'm curious to see how they play against Derek Carr and that offense in Las Vegas. So I want to give the nod to Tampa Bay just based off what Tom Brady can do in crunch time. That could be the deciding factor. Give me Tampa Bay at Las Vegas. Kansas City at Denver. Denver won last week against the Patriots. Kicked six field goals, but they won. I don't think six field goals is going to do against a Kansas City team this year. Give me Kansas City. San Francisco at New England. New England has the rebound from the loss they had against Denver. And San Francisco, even though they played pretty well this past Sunday night against the Rams, I have to wonder which team is going to show up. Give me New England against San Francisco. Jacksonville at Los Angeles. They play the Chargers. Go Chargers, go. Give me the Los Angeles Chargers. And the Sunday night game between Seattle and Arizona, that's going to be a true gunfight there between those two teams. Division rivals. Seattle's coming off a bye week. I like what... Seattle brings to the table. Of course, I, I like what they do every week. But that defense really has to improve. And a lot of it stems from injury. 
But Arizona's playing on a high right now. The big win against Dallas on a short week. Uh, I'm going to give the nod to Arizona this game because they're playing in Arizona. Depending on what Russell Wilson does in the fourth quarter will make all the difference to who wins and loses. So give me Arizona to win against Seattle, their first loss. The Monday night game between Chicago and the Los Angeles Rams. Rams got to win. Rams realize they can't lose any more games this close in the division. Give me the Rams against the Chicago Bears. That is week seven schedule going uh, this Sunday into Monday. Barring that everybody is safe from the virus. I don't think there's been any positive tests within the last 24 hours. So that's a plus for the NFL. It is very difficult to maintain great health, distancing, and, and, and sanitizing, what have you. But I, I think for what the NFL is doing to this point, the effort is there. They're doing their best to make sure no one else gets sick. And of course, this is going to be the test moving forward for the last, uh, the last half of the season. I will do this again in a few days when we talk about the results of the game. And I will give my report card for this second quarter of the NFL come next week. I have been the commish and you have been listening to the Kneel Down podcast. I wish everybody the best. Enjoy Big Ten football this weekend. Peace and love to everyone out there. Stay safe. Stay healthy. I'm out.